Oh, jam! Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another fun-filled episode of Monday Night Magic here on twitch.tv slash themanapool. Also on mtgcast.com. Still. After all these years. It's still there! Yay! Uh, <laughs> so I learned, speaking of Monday Night Magic and MTGCast, I learned something. Uh, he recently added something to the stats page that individual that uh, uh, differentiates between the individual RSS feed and like the aggregate MTG cast RSS feed. Yeah. And it looks like the vast majority of people that listen to this as a podcast are getting it from the full MTG cast feed, which is nowhere near as crowded as it used to be. That makes but sense. But still, wow. No, like I remember, I remember the, the full feed at one point was unbearable because it had like 50 shows on it. Yeah. But now it's probably, yeah, a decent way to get it. Nice. Yeah. But for those of you listening media. <laughs> uh, to the audio file, if Monday Night Magic is the only show you listen to, there's actually a link to the individual RSS feed down below if that would make things easier on you. If not, then, you know, stick with what you got. It's cool. Yeah, if you're listening to it in MP3 format, the advantages are that you don't have to see us. Is that um, an advantage, though? Because we're so pretty. Well, hold on. The disadvantage <laughs> is that you don't get to see us. Like, uh. it's a pro and a con. <laughs> because if you're watching it on YouTube or you're watching it live, which is the best case scenario, then you get to understand some of the context of what we're doing. You get to see what Chewie's doing on screen, which is a nice shorthand when we're talking about things because you actually see them. And, yeah, if you're in the chat, then you have the fun of, Interacting with emojis and seeing what weird things people are putting on the Chewy emoji this week. It's also, not an experience you get an MP3. Did, correcting us when we're when we screw something up, as opposed yeah, to just get frustrated. yelling at your MP3 player of choice. <laughs> yeah, unless your yells can go into the past, then it's not helping. But if you do it right here, we'll eventually notice it and we'll be sorry. So, yeah. see, there you go. Chat just went, Chewy, you're wrong. See, you could totally. You, you could totally join in on that. But anyway, so I'm Chewie. Hi! Hi, Chewie. And with me is Squee. I'm here. Uh, we have no clues this week because clues we desperately no need clues to sleep. this week. Do what? We have no clues this week, so we get no clues this week. You <laughs> <laughs> said it so naturally, it was smooth. Because I know you weren't doing it on purpose, but it was great. Yeah, Clues isn't here because Clues needed sleep. It's true. Badly. If you need sleep badly, you should also sleep. We'll be here later. It's true, yeah. But okay, so, this week, uh, it, this week is a little weird when it comes to magic news. Yeah. Magic news sort of comes in giant blast of hitting people in the face with way too much information that you have to dig all over the internet for. Or there's only a few things, but what is going on is usually a little more worth talking about because you have time to actually digest it. And this is one of the latter weeks. Yeah, we'll go with that. So let's begin with Jumpstart, which is the thing that was announced on, what was that, Thursday? Thursday, yeah. Do you like products? Do you like more products? Do you like even more products? Boy, have we got a product. 
so since Bill actually paid a lot more attention to this uh, today than I did, hey Bill, tell us about Jumpstart. Sure. Isn't so, Jumpstart? Oh God, Jumpstart is a a drug in some sort of fiction that I I've read. Probably. Um, Transmetropolitan. Actual. I think it's also a game mechanic, but this is about neither. Um. So, no, what Jumpstart is in this context are they're going to be releasing booster packs that are special, and they contain 20 cards that are based on one theme. Uh, You don't know which theme it is when you buy it, because it's a booster pack. It's not, like, a formal pre-con where you know what you're buying. And those 20 cards have a theme. Um, I'd say probably about seven or eight of them are going to be a land, which is a little suspicious to start with. But the idea is you buy two of them, and then you shuffle them together. And there are two themes going on. And now you've got a limited deck and you find someone else who does the same thing. And you're essentially playing two booster sealed ish um, against one another. Now it's not like full randomization with normal boosters where they just throw a bunch of different cards in. There's a theme, which means that there's like a set of predetermined cards that you get. Uh, There are 121, I believe of these possible. Yeah. 121 possible combinations of 20 cards that you'll get. Um, it'll contain a rare. It'll contain, like, one in three of them contain two rares, so that's kind of neat. Uh, but more importantly, it contains cards that theoretically are within the same power range so that you can just simulate doing a draft with two people just buy two packs each. And because there's so many different combinations of the 121 mashing two together... Uh, you're likely to have a different experience each time you do it, unless you do it a ridiculous amount of the time. So that's kind of a neat starting point on it. Um, They noted in the breakdown on it that um, it's going to have a bunch of reprints in it. It's also going to have a bunch of cards from Corset 2021, which comes out like a week after this does. So that's a way to get your 2021 cards as well, if you want to do something a little different which is kind of neat. There will not be any foils. Uh, It doesn't say that in the linked article, but they mentioned it in the Q&A on the call. Uh, So that's the thing. It will, uh, as I mentioned, about one in three are going to have two rares, and that's going to depend on which um, sheet you get because they just did that because it fits. Uh, But also, um, there will be repetition of some themes that'll have different cards so there might be like the goblin one and then a different goblin one and you know we don't know what the ratio of overlap is between them but that's a thing but the example they gave on the call is that there might be a bunch of goblins but there might only be one uh phyrexians and one thing that's kind of unique to these things is that like i said they come with lands but one of the lands in each one has special art that corresponds with a theme. So there will be like a goblin mountain or a merfolk island or something. Hmm. And this is the only way to get those. So if you're a has-to-have-everything collector, then you're probably going to have to buy a lot of single lands if you want to fill this thing out. Um, So that's the thing. But there are some new cards in it. Um, they will not be legal in Standard, Pioneer, Modern, but they are legal in Legacy, Vintage, and Commander. Um, there's 37 of those. And um, 
one thing that I find really interesting out of this whole idea, and they kind of bury the lead on it when you're reading through the article, but they're going to bring this to Arena. And the cards that are Jumpstart will be um, allowed in Historic. So that'll potentially be a backdoor way for them to add a bunch of cards to Historic without having to print them in new sets. So that's so, kind of neat. I want, when it says we're bringing this fun play experience to MTG Arena, I wonder if it means in its entirety, like with almost 500 reprints and 37 new cards, and then the... I wonder if the, they're counting the 2021, the Corset 2021 stuff in the reprints. Um, I don't know. Because technically that wouldn't be a reprint because they're not out yet. It's a preprint, yeah. Like, they also, come out uh, the time this comes out. Uh, thank you, Pinball Witch, for the 50 bits. Just to mess with the hosts. And it would only mess with me because Bill can't hear it. But Yeah. That was a long time ago, but he was on a roll. I didn't want to stop it. Fair enough. So, yeah, this whole thing is bizarre to me. It looks like they come in... Uh, you can just get a booster box that's got some number of boosters in it. Yeah. Which you just can keep in see mind, these in are the a little bit thicker here. than normal boosters, so... Do what? These are a little bit thicker than normal boosters because they've got 20 cards in them, so a booster box of the same size might have less packs. Yeah, like we, we don't, don't know. know because it's uh, you can see in the art here they've got the packs covering, covering that up. Yeah. So it just says Terpacks. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the Terpacks. That sounds like an alien race in various sci-fi genres. A little bit, but... yeah. Yeah, so there are 121 possible 20-card lists inside any given pack. Now, that's a bloated number because there could be 5 or 10 different goblins packs that are only like one or two cards apart. Yeah, but we don't technically, know. technically, that's different. And they're not guaranteed to be unique cards either. Um, they mentioned in the video that some packs might have more than one of the same card because it makes sense for that theme. So hmm. we don't know. We're not going to know until the lists start popping up what exactly to expect. But the fact that you don't know when you buy these, which one you're getting adds a little bit of that draft element to it. And because some themes are going to be more rare than others, it's got kind of a mythic vibe to it. Like, you know, you might hit one of the more rare things out there. Like you might get walls, you might get Eldrazi, or you might get another variation of knights. Like we don't know. We'll find out, I guess, when they start doing previews. Um, they're going to preview the new cards. There's going to be a pre-release. Um, that's a thing. Um, they don't do MSRP anymore, but they said in the Q&A that these are probably going to cost a little bit more than normal boosters in hopes that maybe the prospect of getting a second rare will offset that a little. So we'll see. Mm -hmm. Um, and each one does contain a, a little card that's kind of like a tip card, which is not a playing card, but it will tell you which theme you have. I mean, it should probably be pretty obvious when you look at it anyway, but that might be helpful for sorting. I don't know. Then They said that like there are some weird ones like the Doctor theme. Yeah. What? Yeah, not all of them are just tribal. Like We're using tribal as an example because it's easy, but... They could have all kinds of themes. So 
Who knows? So, yeah, it's interesting in that it's a new way to play. Like, it's you grab two boosters and you shuffle them up and you've got a 40-card deck to play with. That's a really cool idea that they've sort of done before, but not really. Yeah. And then with, like, unsanctioned... That's what. That's literally what unsanctioned is, except not. <laughs> I think that in the past they tried a few things, like when they did those precon decks where you would have two half a decks and you'd combine them to make a big deck. That was sort of touching on this, but that didn't have a lot of variety to it because they were pre-done lists. Um, these are pre-done lists, but when there's 121 of them and you're combining two, math is a lot more in favor of having a unique experience each time. Sure. Um, I think this is a pretty good option if you want to play something that's kind of limited, but you don't want to have the long startup that comes with doing a, you know, booster draft. Yeah. And you can obviously do this with less people. So that's nice. Um, and yes, chat, I know unsanctioned is a boxed set, but I'm saying the point of unsanctioned is you grab this and this and shuffle them together. And that's a unique thing that you can do. Yeah. I do under, understand how products work. Thank you. <laughs> I think another fun thing that you might see people doing with this, and there was some discussion about it when I was looking into it, is the prospect of getting like eight of these and opening them with just the theme card up and doing like a, a rotisserie or a rooster draft or whatever flavor of you know animal you want to do for your draft. Um, and just having people like pick the things and then make decks that way. Um, because you could theoretically get, you know, a full booster box, open them and set all the themes out, and then just go in a horseshoe draft over it and then make, like, a commander deck if you just use <laughs> five instead. Like, there's a lot of fun ways that you can do this that get around the normal problem of doing that with packs because all of them come with lands that are compatible with them, so you don't need to figure out a mana base. Yeah. So it'll just scale up with land at whatever ratio it turns out to be according to however many you want to use. You can make a 60-card deck. You could do all kinds of stuff. Um, I think there's a lot of potential here. I think this is one of the neatest ideas. Uh, I'm a little skeptical of different um, themes getting different rarity levels because I feel like some of that's a bit chase for collectors. But if there's a like a large difference between one goblin deck and another, then I'm fine with it. If they're padding it with just a few differences so that some things can be super rare, I'm not going to think it's nearly as cool, but we're not in any position to know how that's going to work yet. Yeah. But I'm I'm looking forward to seeing it. I think this is the kind of thing that would be fun for side events at tournaments, especially like, you know, you just dig out a box of that at a table um, because it's so quick to start. Like you literally just open two, well, these are the two I've got. Remove the card telling you what it is. Shuffle them together. Like, you don't even have to look at the whole thing first if you want to play it blind. It just go. And that's nice. Like, that's a good compromise against the setup that goes into draft and sealed. So. Seems fun to me. Yeah, it's neat. And when do these come out? July 3rd. Yeah, there we go. July 3rd is the product release, but they are doing a pre-release. Um, the details on the pre-release are going to be a little bit different, but and that's I think June it's going to be... 20th and 21st. 
yeah, I think the pre-release is going to be more, you play one-on-one and then you get the promo card of the thing. And then if you want to do it again, you just buy another two and keep going. But they really glossed over that on the call and it's not mentioned in detail here. And the uh, it says here, jumpstart pre-releases will be run all day. Each player gets two jumpstart boosters to create a deck and then they just play, play enough matches, big, get a promo card. And if you want to jump back in, you know, do it again. You might get another promo. Like they're not giving a very detailed format here. I'm sure it's going to depend on what your store finds fun. I mean, it sounds like the deal is just, okay, if you guys play like four matches, then let me know you get a promo card. It's not going to be any sort of, it's going to be super casual. Is what it looks I, I like. I think this is inherently casual, and I appreciate that. Yeah. So, now as long as they don't mess up and put, you know, protection from target player and only one of these <laughs> and create that kind of mess again, we should be fine. All right. Well, that's Jumpstart. Yeah. Yeah. So... That's it as far as, like, Watsy news? That's your new stuff. The rest of it is coverage. Oh, wait, oh, wait, no, no, there's also, there's also this. So, uh, Toy Fair 2020 happened, uh, what, over the weekend? Yep. And Watsy had, uh, a bunch of stuff. This, this site here has the, uh, the slides... So, Wizards of the Coast and Hasbro actually did a massive, like presentation of 213 slides <laughs> but here are the magic related ones uh let's see record-breaking year yeah 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 across tabletop and digital yeah 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 a milestone year in our digital transformation yeah we know yeah okay hang on blah 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 okay here we go uh magic is going mobile in 2020 and we got a screen, a picture of a phone here turned sideways with magic on it. I don't think that's a representation of what the mobile client will look like. So just that's probably just marketing nonsense. Where's the Where's the bit I want to talk about? Damn it! Keep scrolling. Keep scrolling. Oh, here we go. Magic spell slingers. You remember several months ago we talked about Magic Valor's Reach. Yes. Which was a card-based game that wasn't magic, but it was it was like fake magic. You know, like a a sort of dumbed down, heavily mobile. I don't want to use the term dumbed down, but a simplified ver- mobile friendly version of magic with the planeswalkers were all chibi and cute. Yeah. And it was only available for beta in Scandinavia, and one person said, I played it, and no one else, and then it vanished. Well, apparently, it's been rebranded as Spell Slingers, which, honestly, better name than Valor's Reach. That's true. Especially when, when they're all chibi and cute. Look at them. Yeah. Like, I think when you told me about Valor's Reach the first time, my initial response was, is that a and d campaign? Because it sounds like a and d campaign. Spell Slingers is a and d class, but we're going to ignore that. Um... Because it looks better for the art here. And also, I I don't know. I like the style of this. I think that looks better for mobile. So, Look at Gideon. He's all big and alive. Good for him. Yeah, look at him. But yeah, it says... Uh, 
Let's see here. Superheroes of Magic Reimagined. <laughs> because that's that's what Planeswalkers are. They're the superheroes of magic. Yep. The best of Magic's gameplay optimized for mobile. That's marketing nonsense. The first social collectible card game designed for the mobile generation. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> uh, it sounds like they invented a new classification for themselves so they could be the first at it. Ah! Designed for the mobile generation. Yeah, but like I said, this is the thing we talked about before and then it vanished. Well, here it is. It's going to be called Spell Slingers and it's going to be card-based but not quite magic that we know and love, which is insanely complicated and it's going to be simplified and made into, you know, this. Hopefully, probably is a gateway thing. Like, this is really cool. What about what about the, the actual magic? I'll go try that. Yeah, this is kind of the Monopoly Junior approach. Get yeah. Get young. Yeah. Also, yeah, I didn't... I sort of glossed over. There is going to be a Chinese beta for Magic Arena uh, coming this year. Slowly more global. Wait, I wonder if that'll be a completely separate game? I'm guessing... I don't know. Like with its own servers? Like, because China, when it comes um, to the internet, is sort of in its own pocket little world. I, I suspect it would at least have its own local servers, but not necessarily for the, the reasons you're alluding to, but just for practicality. Like, you don't want to run your servers on the other side of the world anyway, but they're probably not going to be on the same ones we're on. Because otherwise they could have just already downloaded and played. Yeah. Kind of makes me wonder if they're also going to have, like, different card art. Since that was a historic thing before. Almost certainly, still yeah. Applies. Yeah, we'll, we'll find out a little bit more about it, maybe. We'll see. Yeah, that'll be in, in the future. But, yeah, uh, chat pointed out when I said this will be a simplified version of Spellslingers will be a simplified version of Magic. I play Hearthstone for that. Exactly. And you know how much money... Uh, Hasbro gets for you playing uh, Blizzard, uh, a Blizzard game? Not none! <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really work out. So, that's why they're doing Spell Slingers. Uh, yeah. But they've got more here. Extending beyond the CCG with Magic Mana Strike, which is the uh, this, this other mobile game, which I finally started playing. actually spent an hour playing it this morning. Uh, and I spent a, an hour and change playing it a few days ago. It's fun. This uh, Mana Strike is is the one that's. Uh, I keep saying it's it's. Uh, it's like Minion Masters, but magic skinned, which it is. But if you don't know Minion Masters, that doesn't tell you anything. But I don't know what else to call it because it's not like it doesn't have a genre that I'm aware of. Uh, but it's a game where mana is controlled by time, so every X amount of time, your little meter... Clash Royale, thank you, that's the one. I can never remember. Uh, but yeah, you've got a little meter that slowly grows, and it's got little ticks in each one. Okay, that's one mana. That's two mana. That's three mana. Now you can play a thing that costs three mana. By playing a thing, I mean drag it and drop it onto the battlefield. So your battlefield is a top-down view, and there's 
there's this t- target at each end, and this one's yours, and you're defending it, and this one's your enemies, and you're trying to destroy it. And then you drop creatures onto the battlefield that march forward, and they have different characteristics. Some of them are melee and only attack ground units. Some of them are ranged, and they can shoot at flying units, and flying units can shoot at whatever. And it's all very, basically very uh, intuitive. And, like, you can cast spells at areas of the board. So, like, the the spell that everyone gets is Ratchet Bomb. Which, Ratchet Bomb is a circle. And you, you target and say there. And after a second, a Ratchet Bomb will fall and explode and do damage to all the enemies in that circle. Makes sense, right? that standard. Do what? I remember that standard. Exactly. Uh, so, yeah, I have played a lot of it. I actually like it a lot better than Minion Masters. Neat. Because you can summon your Planeswalker that goes with your, your deck. And they have ability, like, enters the battlefield abilities. And it's really cool. <laughs> Which is why I've spent so long playing it. And, hey, there's a... Uh, you can join the Mana Pool team now if you want. That's That's an official thing. That uh, uh, Chifuji in the Discord server made earlier today. So I don't know what that gets you because I I hit the request join button and then closed <laughs> closed the program. So yeah. uh, I don't I don't know what that does just yet. But that was just because he made it today and I haven't been back in today. But also also we've got Magic Legends. Which one is Magic Legends? Oh, Legends is the the MMO, the the the, the Diablo style game, right? Uh, the one that Cryptic is doing. Yeah. Did the camera pick that up? I I think a Gannett just flew at my head and scared me. I think we saw the response. I, I hope you saw the response. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, yeah. So again, this is extending beyond the T- the CCG with Mana Strike, which is already out. It's on mobile. You can go play it. I enjoy it. Check it out. Be warned, it's got all of the hey, give us money, mobile game, yay, give us money, thing that mobile games do. So, if that bothers you, you're going to be bothered. Uh, and Magic Legends, like I said, is the, the Diablo-style game. Wait, is that one also mobile only, or is that a PC? I can't remember. Um. Thank you, Vincent. I yeah, okay, hope. PS4, Xbox One, PC. Right, good. I would hope PC. Well, there was supposed to be a MOBA a long time ago for mobile that they announced, and then it evaporated. I wouldn't so, be surprised if it evolved into something else or got cut. I mean, that they was well after... Their... You know, that could be Mana Strike, actually. Yeah, it... I wouldn't be shocked if it changed. Since it wouldn't surprise me if this is technically a MOBA. Uh, just not in the, you know, League of Legends, Following Dota 2, Heroes of the Storm mold. the same game, yeah. But anyway, anyway. Uh, yeah, so Magic Legends is supposed to be coming out, I think, this year. No, wait, there's no... It's just the future. Yeah, there's, there's no uh, date. Somebody said earlier, scroll, 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 Magic Legends will be playable at PAX East this weekend. Well, also, it says 2020, the year of digital expansion, and it lists it. So, unless they're just 
copy pasting assets, which totally happens in PowerPoint. Yeah. I think it's fair to assume that's the implication. So we may see something later this year. Well, Cryptic has not more. said anything about a release date. Uh, not sure it's theirs at, to announce. At least the last time. Well, they're the ones developing the game. So. Doesn't mean they're the ones to announce it. <laughs> Fair enough. So, okay, let me rephrase that. The last I saw, when asked about a release date, what they said was, uh, we're just focusing on making the best game we can. Yeah. And also, the last I saw, they had two character classes that were, you know, being fully fleshed out and revealed, which is yeah. probably what's going to be playable at PAX. Yeah, that... When we saw the videos they had before, it was the Fire one and the um, Jace one that they're not calling Jace, but it's Jace. No, it was a Geomancer and a... You're right, it was a Geomancer. It was a rock one. Yeah, Geomancer. Was it, was it a, a Fire person? I can't remember now. I feel like they had illusions and stuff going on. Like Mind Mage or whatever. Hmm... Either way, it, if you've played a game like that before, you're familiar with the kinds of effects that were going on. Just assume they're putting the appropriate skins in place. Yeah. But. Chat is dropping links to the Game Informer article that we talked about last month and saying, Magic Legends is coming to PC in 2020 and hitting PS4 and Xbox One in 2021. I don't believe that until it's announced by those people. Yeah. Because... Also... We've all been gamers long enough to know that announcing when a game is going to come out doesn't matter. Also that, yeah. Like, even if they say it in full, like, confidence, it doesn't matter until it happens. Yeah. So, it's good to know when they're aiming for, but don't plan your weekend accordingly. Yeah. So there you go. That's that's some of the stuff that happened here. If you're interested in Dungeons & Dragons, Baldur's Gate 3 is going to be a thing, which... Floored me. Yeah, unexpected. Uh, and there, there was a bunch of D&D stuff in this too, but this is not a D&D podcast, so... True. But I do... It does say Baldur's Gate 3 here, and I, I saw that somewhere. I think one of the Penny Arcade guys actually said, holy crap, Baldur's Gate 3 is going to be at PAX. And I went, what? Like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that feels like an April Fool's Day announcement, but it's obviously not. Yeah. So there you go. That's that's what this Toy Fair uh, presentation was. Mm. As far as the uh, magic stuff goes. Uh, seriously, though, uh, I've, I've spent a good, I don't know, two and a half hours over the last few days playing... Uh, Mana Strike, and, and I like it. It's fun. So, give it a shot. It's not magic, so don't go expecting magic, but it's a thing wearing magic clothing. Which magic means... cosplay. Which means that it'll be familiar and yet different, which... Is probably that, wise. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what you want. If you want magic, we have that. Here's something else. Yeah, that's why Team Fight Tactics, even though it's a crappy game, is super popular because it's wearing League of Legends clothing, and people love League of Legends to the point where it's weird, weirdly cultish. I like Blizzard properties. What do you mean, Heroes of the Storm? <laughs> Hooray! 
Yeah. So, on to more magic things that aren't the card game, but are related to the card game. Uh, There's an article here on the Mary Sue talking about a Magic the Gathering documentary. But not just a Magic the Gathering documentary. It's called Igniting the Spark, the story of Magic the Gathering. And it's being produced by the creators of The Toys That Made Us. That's not no one. That's Which, someone. <laughs> yeah, I have watched all the episodes of The Toys That Made Us, and I watched the movies that made us, and they're really well done. <laughs> uh, so the documentary, Igniting the Spark, will be directed by Brian Stillman and Kelly Slagle. Kelly Slagle uh, apparently did Of Dice and Men. But they released a statement saying Magic the Gathering is a classic success story, a homegrown game that came from nowhere and achieved worldwide success. It's brought joy to millions of people and along the way completely transformed the game industry. We can't wait to tell this story. That's fair. Yeah. That is a fair statement. That is not hyperbole. There is nothing here about where you'll get to see this at all. There's another article here on uh, CBR.com. Let's see here. Blah, 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 blah. Hang on. Wait. There was more information in this one. That's why I had both links, but now I can't remember what it is. Or maybe there wasn't new information, and I just really wanted the second link. Because, hmm. Let's see here. Igniting the Spark will join the catalog of documentaries with similar topics produced by Seth Polanski and Brian Volkweiss of the Nacelle Company. Okay. I don't know what the Nacelle, Nacelle Company, Nacelle? Nacelle? I don't know how you say that. Like, there have been a number of magic documentaries over the years. Like, it's an important property to a lot of people, and many of them are creative types, or at least no creative types to, you know, keep it moving. But this is the highest profile one that I can immediately think of. And it, it's the one that I'm the most likely to actually watch. Um, yeah. When I first <laughs> mentioned this to, to Bill and Clues, Bill was like, and... And I'm like, this is awesome. He goes, they do one of these every couple of years. And I'm like, I've literally only ever seen one. What are you talking about? And that was Enter the Battlefield, which was by, um, oh my God, I can see him. I can see his face. And I can see the other guy's face, but I cannot think of their names. Who did? <laughs> Enter the... Battlefield MTG, okay. Oh yeah, this was the the Life on the Pro Tour. Nate Hold and Sean Kornhauser. There we go. <laughs> the guys that do uh or that we're doing that other show. Freaking You guys are no help, by the way, chat. <laughs> I'm not helpful either, but I didn't watch it. I did. It was, But it wasn't about magic. It was about 
the the pro tour and mm-hmm. people playing on it. And then Bill, you brought up some other one. Uh, yeah, I want to say that when you brought this up yesterday, I I spit out a list of two or three of them that have already escaped my memory. But oh, you said something uh, about Vice. There was like an episode of that about magic. Like magic has been covered as a topic for documentaries before. But usually it's taking one aspect of it, generally the competitive one, and running with that. Um, yeah, like Walking the Plains was one. Um, yeah, Walking the Plains was the show that uh, Nate Holt and Sean Cornerhauser did, like, just as, you know, their their show like that, that was about magic. But then they they did this massive documentary, Enter the Battlefield. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I think that magic is one of those things that enough people in the creative world have bumped into a few times, like, um, and it gets attention, and then that drives things up a little bit, and then sort of peters off again. Um, Like, do you remember the origin of the Ugin? That was like a radio um, short documentary type thing that was like 30 minutes long, where someone went to the, um, yeah. one of the uh, Tarkir pre-releases, um, I guess, the one with Ugin, so the middle one, I guess, um, and covered a bit of that. Or um, when people were all hyped about it that one time that someone um, bought a lot in uh, one of the storage wars or something and discovered a Black Lotus and everyone lost their mind. Um, these are things that just pop up every once in a while. Um, but this, I think, is probably the most high-profile and concentrated one on the game itself and its impact rather than a small part of it. So it's probably a little more appealing to me. Like, I personally do not really care about the journey that people take on the Pro Tour because I know people that have done it and have spoken with them, and I'm like, that's nice. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I get it. I totally understand that for other people looking in, that's really interesting, but for me, it's like, I follow these people on Twitter. I know some of them. I, I get an idea of where they're coming from. I've read their articles. I'm, it's kind of behind me now. And like magic as a whole has a lot of aspects of that, but seeing how other people digest and present it is way more interesting to me. So. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, the Ugin came from uh, a Planet Money right. thing on NPR. Yep. Thank you, Pimbo Witch. That was fun all around. But yeah, so hey, here's some more magic media that's not playing the game. I'm all for it. So we've got Arena going mobile. Mm -hmm. We've got Mana Strike. We've got Spellslingers. We've got Legends. And then we've got Igniting the Spark. And then we've got the animated series coming to Netflix at some point in the future. Yeah. Yeah. And like a million side products. And by the way, they still release four sets a year. Just in case you forgot, somewhere in the middle of all this news. Like Magic is also a game that you can play. Yeah. So, all right. So that's all of our news news. Yeah. And at this point, I would like to point out to everyone... That Monday Night Magic and Manipool Productions on the whole is a Patreon-supported endeavor. 
and uh, I, I need your help to be able to keep producing this ridiculous amount of free content that I churn out every week. You get Monday Night Magic and the Manipool Podcasts every week. You get one YouTube video at least every day, and all the streams, the video game streams that come out the rest of the time that happen on Twitch, the rest of, you know, words and talking, the things that I say, and then hiccups. So if you go to patreon.com slash the manipool, you can, look, it doesn't matter about uh, whether I'm doing this at the beginning of the show or the end of the show or the middle of the show. I get hiccups when I start the Patreon spiel. Have you noticed this? Uh, Yeah, it's because that's when a different part of your body takes over. I guess so. But anyway, uh, <laughs> if you go to patreon.com slash the manipool, you can sign up to become a lifeguard. And that will get you a variety of perks. You can get manipool episodes and YouTube videos early. You can get access to the odds and ends, which is all the behind the scenes nonsense recorded before and after both Monday Night Magic and the manipool. That is uncensored and unfiltered and just generally unsafe for consumption. But you get to hear Clue swear, and you get to hear us go super nerdy on lots of different topics. Yeah, it's... I think the best thing I can equate it to is if you can think of a time you've driven to a Magic tournament, and you're just in the car with people for a while, and they just start going on random nerd tangents, but you're all still kind of there for Magic, that's just what we do, only we have access to YouTube videos. So that happens, too. Yeah. And if you become a Mythic Lifeguard, you get... The early stuff and the odds and ends and the sponsorship shout out on both podcasts. So, hey, let me thank our mythic lifeguards. Jason Doan, Kim Ho, Andrew Hunt, Al, Lance Delicious, Team You Hellas Haru, Connor Kennedy, John Morris, Alex Gonzalez, Scuzzo, Jeff Spencer, Stuart's Law, PJ McMullen, Sophia Bertain, Casey, Fayen Says, Danny Leal, Cody Buckowing, Jake Jansons, Jason Kaus, John Parker, Violet Moon, Aleph Cat, Beardy Man, Bartle, Backwards Logic, ALK Alters, and the Beast Father, Aaron Goodwine. <laughs> Thank you all so very much for your support. I quite literally couldn't do it without you. What was that? You were a bit upon. Oh, Pinball Wits threw 10 bits for a joke that didn't work. <laughs> Good try, though. So, that was that. So let's talk about this other thing. Want to talk hey, about look, this other thing? More. That was our halftime show. Well, I mean, that was slightly... Slightly past halftime, I hope. Nah. Uh, so, tournaments. Magic, we, we reported on this a few weeks ago. Uh, Magic was moving into some esports arenas. And at DreamHack Anaheim, this last weekend, the first uh, DreamHack Arena Open happened. And uh, this person won, Aaron Gertler. Check him go. out. He's all happy. Yeah. Probably because he just won, like, what, was it $30,000 or something? Uh, a respectable quantity of money. And a, a trip to, uh... Yeah. The next, uh... It's not a Mythic Championship anymore. Wait. <laughs> mythic Invitational. Oh, okay, yeah, that's, that's still the word they're using there. Duh. Yeah, so he won $30,000 and said on the stream that he was donating half of his winnings to GiveWell, so... Yeah, what nice. is GiveWell? Uh, I assume it's a charity, but I, I don't know. I'm I've never heard of GiveWell. I'm also assuming it's a charity. 
All right. Well, there you go. He's giving it to charity. Uh, he was playing, uh, let's see here, a Steamer Clover deck. With Lucky Clover. Lucky Clover. So a Teamer Adventures deck, essentially. Yeah, second place was a Just Guy Fires deck. But honestly, that doesn't really matter. Uh, what matters is that this giant DreamHack tournament to the $100,000 prize pool had 93 people in it. Yeah. Yeah. You want to see some pretty solid odds for success? Yeah. You only have to finish in the top third to make any money. <laughs> and not a small amount of money. Like if you top thirded, you got 800 bucks. Pretty sweet. They no. probably expected more people. One of my other tabs is trying to... Let me close these other tabs on these previous sites. There we go. If if that came through, which I think it probably did, since I heard it, I'm sure you guys heard it, one of my other tabs was trying to play an ad that was swiftly silenced, but you heard... Yeah. It was very strange. But anyway, anyway... Uh, so, here here's the thing. The DreamHack Arena opens, or a new tournament series in 2020. Uh, to enter... Players must buy a three-day pass, which is $100 plus tax, or over $100 plus tax, bring their own laptop, and pre-register. And in Anaheim, it was a three-day tournament. Two days of Swiss, and then a cut to double elimination top 16 bracket on day three. It's a very expensive tournament. Yeah. Considering you're also probably going to have to hotel that since you're going to have to buy it for the three-day pass anyway. Yeah, that adds up hard. Now it it says here that uh, the next DreamHack Arena Open is in Dallas, Texas, on May twenty second to twenty fourth. Three day passes are still available for one hundred ten dollars, but details about the open have yet to be posted. Yeah. So, oh, also, if you want to know what the top sixteen deck lists were, I have another link here. The top sixteen were eight Azorius Control decks, three Just Got Fires, and one each of Jun Sacrifice, Mono Red Aggro, Sultai Ramp, Teamer Adventures, and Teamer Reclamation. There you go. The is if you want to see more, there's another link in the show notes, uh MTGAZone.com. Yeah. Which I had never heard of before this. So there you go. Free plug. Feel free to send us money. Uh, but I saw a lot of this, and I just picked Eric Froelich's uh, tweet because it seemed to be the one that summed it up the most he said on friday this dream hack event is the pinnacle of advertisement fail i was one of the many who considered going but between byod which i don't know what the d stands for but you have to bring your own computer uh needing a ticket before knowing you're in starting on a weekday and lack of information about the format and event itself it was destined to be a flop it's your probably bring your own device. Uh, that's that's silly. But I was I saw a lot of this this weekend. People with this uh, complaint, and I went, "Huh?" So Bill and I looked it up. Here's the sign up. You had to have a valid DreamHack Anaheim ticket to register. And then you had to fill in the form, 
And then you get contacted by the DreamHack League Ops team once your registration is confirmed, which may not, uh, which will not take more than seventy-two hours. So you had to, you had to buy a three-day pass in order to register. Yeah, mm. what we're running into right here is what happens when you take an audience that doesn't do big land party tournament events and you shift them into one without really thinking about the the differences that they're going to have from experience versus you know expectation like we're used to if we're playing arena or whatever playing from home using our own system without all those added costs or going to a tournament where we're playing with physical product with an opponent in front of us and you're paying an entrance fee and whatever else depends on, you know, where you're sleeping, what you're eating, whatever. Like you're going to have to shift a lot to make this work. And it's a different world. Like that's probably not what most of our magic players are used to. Like we're probably not the land party kids. We're the bring a deck kids. So Yeah. And the fact that the information was obviously set up on the assumption that we knew all of these things were happening and that that was normal left some people feeling a bit odd because this isn't what they want and how they want to do it. And clearly with only 93 people showing up with that much money on the line, something didn't work. Yeah. And you can go look at the uh, the Dallas thing. All it says is an open tournament that will be played using Swiss format and live streamed. Now, obviously, yep. it's going to be a standard format. At least I assume it's obvious. It's going to be standard format, best of three. But this is literally all the information we have. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they were rescoping some things about it, too. I mean, granted, this is in May and it's February. So it's there's time. There's time, but I can't imagine they were happy with how the first one went. Like, I've been to conventions that do um, tournaments. And it's not the same thing, but there is a similar element of, I've traveled here, I'm going to play in this thing. There's other stuff going on. There are other tournaments to watch. There are other things to see. And not everyone wants to do the three-day tournament. And in the case of DreamHack, like that that's the point. Like that's why you go, that's why you buy your ticket. But right. like if that's not the exact experience you wanted to have that weekend, then maybe that's not what you're gonna do. Because like you're traveling to an expensive place, spending a bunch of money to then sit at a computer you brought yourself and a probably rented <laughs> chair to play. <laughs> like that that sounds awful to me. Like if it's digital, take advantage of the anywhere thing. But it's not like you're playing a first-person shooter where being all connected on a LAN actually matters. Like, you're playing a turn-based thing. So it's going to be okay. But we'll see how this evolves. Like, welcome to the world of esports and high-end tournament gaming nonsense magic. We'll see how the growing pains go. Yep. So that's the stream hack. Slightly less than uh, 
Oh, they might have wanted, probably. <laughs> I suspect they wanted a better ratio of money spent to people in attendance. Probably. But hey, let's go to an actual paper magic tournament, shall we? Ah, those old things. Yeah, so let's Dust see. Just one off. We had uh, the SCG Indianapolis Talking tournament. Pioneer. Weekend, which was Pioneer. How many people were playing? 798. <laughs> Take that, Anaheim. Yeah. Mm. So, uh, now this this is starting to be cause for concern. The Day 2 metagame breakdown here shows that there are 16 Demir Inverter decks, which is 23% of the field. And 15 Sultai Delirium decks, which is 22% of the field. Ouch. So two decks... Now let me see if I'm doing this math right. Are 45% of the field. I mean... Hmm. Take that, red, white. (laughs) Yeah. Now, the third uh, most uh, popular deck in Day 2 was actually the Bant Spirits deck because of the Supreme Phantom. Yeah, like, uh, with, look at all that blue up there. It's good thing Clues isn't here, or he'd fall asleep in anger. <laughs> yeah, there were nine Bant Spirit decks, and then uh, six Mono White Devotion decks. Like, like, I know that their pie chart is going off of their site theme, but it's almost representative of the colors, too. Almost, yeah. It's a lot of blue-black. So let's go look at the top eight and see what happened here. So Peter Ingram won playing... Oh, look! Demir Inverter. Hmm. Seems right. Second place was Ben... Hmm. Weinberg? Weinberg. Weinberg? Weinberg. See, if you say it wrong enough times, then they know. They know you don't. I mean, it could be like Weinberg. But anyway... So in second place, also playing Demir Inverter. Uh, Third place, we have Sean Mogelgaard playing the blue-white control deck. Fourth Mm -hmm. place, Julian Henry playing Demir Inverter. Mm -hmm. Uh, Fifth place, Chris. Are you serious? Iali? It's got to be like Iali, right? It's I-A-A-L-I. That is the baddest ass name, just as far as vowel to consonant ratio I've ever That's had to say. Pretty solid eighty percent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna That's go the with Yali. You write down in Japanese, and then everyone hates you. Like <laughs> it's like, why would you do that? Uh, but uh, Chris was playing the Mono White Devotion deck. Ah, checks out. Uh, sixth place, Sean Werning playing Golgari Agro. Jameson Purdue in seventh with the mono white devotion, and then Collins Mullen rounding out the top eight with another Demir Inverter deck. So that's half the top eight, and still, what did I say? Twenty three percent of day two. Mm. Yeah. So it doesn't get better as you scroll. It's starting to get to the point where I'm, I'm wondering if they're gonna have to something uh, like that was a flicking motion off of uh, the 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 not banned list for uh, Pioneer. Yeah. We'll see if the 
the meta can write itself. Uh, but who? Yeah. So just smack opt or something. So let's see here. The rest of the top 16, Sultide Delirium, Monoite Devotion, another inverter, Lotus Breach, another Delirium, two more inverters, and then Azorius Spirits. <sighs> you have to go all the way down to uh, 20th to see something that would make clues remotely happy, and that's Boros Heroic. Yeah. And then 22nd with Mono Red Aggro would make clues actually happy. Like... It's probably good that he chose to sleep. He better be sleeping. <laughs> Look, if he's not sleeping, we're sending him these deck lists. That's just going to do it. It's going to knock him down right there. Huh. So how about the Pioneer Classic? How many people were in that? Pioneer Classic had 106, still beating out Anaheim. <laughs> and the Pioneer Classic was the lowest attended of the three? Uh, yes, because yeah, nothing because ever modern, modern always wins. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, so let's see. Derek Davis won with a Sultide Delirium deck. Now, you'll notice uh, a lack of some inverter here. And my theory is because they were all still playing in day one, day two that of the big That was my theory tournament. as well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, James Johnston took second place with the Mono Black Vampires. James Reed in third with Bant Spirits. Supreme! Drake Sasser in fourth with a mono black aggro. David Nolan with Is It Scissors? It's called Is It In Soul, but it's Scissors. It's Scissors. Uh, Luke Strassler took sixth with a mono white devotion deck. Daryl Ayers took seventh with mono black aggro. And Jacob Morrison rode the Supreme Phantom in Bant to eighth. Uh, the rest of the top 16, another Sultide Delirium, another Mono White Devotion, another Sultide Delirium in 11th, Mono Red Aggro, there's your first Inverter down in 13th, two Lotus Breaches, and another Bant Supreme Phantom. <laughs> so that's, uh, yeah. That's Pioneer, everybody. Enjoy I, I, variety. You can pick your own lands. I really think that uh, the reason you don't see a lot of Demir Inverter uh, here and less Sultide Delirium even is because most of them were still playing. I think they just had a really high conversion rate. Yeah. I have no evidence of this. It's a gut feeling. Yeah. We didn't see a conversion rate, but we knew what the overall field was, so... Yeah. Safe. All right, so then let's go to the modern classic. How many people were there? 162. Hmm. Yeah. Still just beating the dog out of Dreamhack. Yeah. So. Okay, this is modern, right? Okay. So yeah, Michael Farrell. Do what? We have other decks. Because yeah, these are modern. different. I looked at these and I went, what? No, we're, I moved to. I did the other Pioneer first and then modern. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Michael Farrell won with Jund. That's that's normal Jundy, Jund, Jund, Jundy McJunderson. Uh, Michael Bischoff took second with a Jund Death Shadow deck. That's different. Uh, Ryan Bennett in third with a Grixis Urza Breach deck. John Hack, not to be confused with Dream Hack, uh, took fourth with Amulet Titan. Small T. It is a small T for some reason. Amulet Titan. Uh, Kyle Lurch. Took fifth with a Heliod Company deck. 
that the, uh, yep. Okay. Wow, walking ballista and spike feeder in this deck. Whew! Let's just close that. Uh, <laughs> Tyler Lawton in six with Amulet Titan. Micah Lero in seventh with Selesnia Titan. And Andrew Gonzalez in eighth with Titan Shift. A lot of Titans going on here. You think the Titan Shift is why it's lower cased in the Amulet Titan deck? <laughs> See, that was for clues because he's not here. <laughs> I hate you. You should. It was awful. <laughs> <laughs> the <real> rest <coughs> excuse me uh the rest of the top 16 we had a burn deck oh clues isn't here uh bill could you do the honors there we go close enough uh a devoted devastation deck a crab vine deck Ugh. which i love that that's what they're calling this deck now that's the uh hadrian crab uh venge vine yeah. thing but crab vine Ugh. Just makes me happy. Uh, a Demir Horza deck in 12th. Monored Prowess in 13th. Bant Snowblade in 14th. Golgari Midrange in 15th. And a Simic Titan, because you gotta have more Titans, in 16th. Where's my Abzan Titan? Uh, like probably outside the top 16. <laughs> big ol' Rhino. Just one of those oversized cards of a Siege Rhino. That's it. That's all it is. <laughs> And there you go. That's uh, that's the tournaments. All right. Because there were no GPs this weekend, at least not that I could find. There were when not. I, looked... I checked. Okay, good. I was saying, when I looked at Ass O'Clock this morning, there weren't any. But I also couldn't find the Star City event on the Star City website. It wasn't in the archive, and it wasn't in the the schedule, because I found it at that weird time Yeah. when it wasn't on either one. That, that's about what happens if you look between like 10 and noon i was looking at like nine so i think yeah. it's even yeah. earlier than that that they take it off of the schedule but don't put it in the archive yet the take it down person was proactive and the other person was eating breakfast i guess it was really weird yeah but all right then so that's uh no mention of the mini dual decks. No, because they're dumb. <laughs> I showed it to him before the show. If you want to hear his opinions, that's for the odds and ends. But... I was like, is this real? And he said, yeah. And I went, that's stupid. And then I deleted it from the show notes. <laughs> that That's roughly what happened, but with more confusion and swearing. There's definitely more confusion and swearing. Uh... Yeah, so I guess, are we done? I guess we're done. Yeah, knock that out. Yeah, so hey, what you got there? Squee to wrap us up. Sure, um, you can find me on Twitter at Squee Goblin and Bob. There's no wine goblin because it couldn't actually get into Anaheim. It tried, but it just got stuck on the website and it wasn't going to give them that much money. And something <laughs> about renting chairs just offended it. So I, I think it went and placed like 54th in Pioneer Classic. We'll just go with that. Uh, nobody double check that. Um, <laughs> I mean, nothing. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was fine. Don't worry about it. It was it was playing um, Displacer Beast. Look it up. Ask your parents. Um, and other than that, like, I don't know. I haven't really been consuming a ton of media lately. I've been playing a little bit of TV catch up. Um, I guess Castlevania comes out this week or next Whoa, week. Whoa, really? Or something? I think it's next week. 
Um, I think it's like the very beginning of March or something. But it's coming out soon. So that's cool. Looking forward to that. Um, I think it comes out next week on like Thursday. Kind of caught up on me. Or snuck up on me. And one of my friends is like, so Castlevania? I'm like, I mean, are you offering? And they're like, no, no, no. It comes out in like two weeks. I'm like, oh, well then yeah, we'll watch Castlevania. So I'm down for that. Um, looking forward to that. Season three, uh, March 5th. Yeah, so two weeks. Yeah. Or next week, but nice. Because uh, it'll be like next Friday, I guess. Thursday, something. I don't know. We're going to watch it. It'll be fun. It's Thursday. So, yeah, you were right the first time. Hooray. That, that might be a thing that I do then. Um, curious to see where it goes, given they could have stopped the entire series at the end of season two and it would have been great. But they it would have been fun. Yeah. And I'm fine with that. Like, keep going. Like, that'll be fun. Um, so that'll be cool. And um, I mentioned last week that I saw Sonic. So, that, yeah, that, that was still fun. Um, I still haven't seen Birds of Prey. I need to do that. Maybe I'll do that this weekend. Because uh, I feel like that movie got shorted for what's apparently really good. Uh, so I need to check that out. And I feel like there's something else going on in media that I'm just blanking on right now. So when I remember that, it'll probably be the odds and ends, and we can talk about it later. Um, okay, then. Yeah. So I would hand things over to Clues, but Clues' comments before were that he looks forward to buying a mountain that has goblins on it as part of Jumpstart, and he thinks it's neat. That that was his reaction? Yeah. Neat was the word used, yeah? Mm-hmm. I think that's all. Hey, Chewie, did you get snow? Like today? Like last week? Yeah, yeah. Isn't it fun watching people freak out about snow? I actually didn't see or hear anybody freaking out this time because... Okay, so I was... What was I doing? I was out doing something. I think I was door dashing or something. I can't remember. I imagine the door dashing probably goes up a bit when it snows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I made a lot of money that night. Yeah, I bet. But, like, and that was Thursday night, so I had to stop making money to come do the mana pool. But (laughs) before that, I was making killer dough. But anyway, so I was out doing something, and then I grabbed lunch, and I came in, and I ate lunch. And then uh, my friend Amanda was like, hey, the daycare's closing early. Can you go pick up my daughter before they throw her out in the snow? And I went, in the what? Well, no, she said, the, the daycare's closing early. Could you pick her up before they throw her out? And I went, sure. And so, right before 4 o'clock when they were closing, I, I opened my front door and I said, what? Because everything was covered in white. And I'm like, it's only been like an hour and a half and the world was dry mm. when I came in the house. Yeah, for what? those of you who aren't aware... Um, <laughs> We're in North Carolina, and that means that we get snow, like, one day a year. Um, but sometimes we get snow, and it, like, sort of surprises us, because, like, we're told it's going to snow, and we're like, we're told it's going to snow eight times a year. It only happens once. Um, but the area does not, like, at least I know our area and probably your area, too. We don't really have budget for taking care of snow problems. So, like, we'll throw a bunch of ice the first time, or we'll throw down a bunch of salt the first time it threatens ice. And that, that's usually, like, a miss. And then it'll just rain on it and wash it all away or whatever. But about the third time, we're out. So we're just terrified. 
because for other people, like, you know, three inches of snow is whatever. For us, three inches of snow is burning cars and the marshmallow man coming up and killing us. Like, that's that's what it does to us. Um, so we got a small amount of snow. It was nice. It was actually pretty. It was like two or three inches here. Um, I have been working from home lately anyway, so it affected me not at all. But it was really pretty to see outside. So I've just been asking people in different parts of the state how it went there because it's not common for the entire state to get snow at once. Yeah. Usually it's just a small part of it. Yeah. But I I didn't actually notice any panic or anything. I didn't I had to drive past grocery stores. I didn't see them, you know, madly yeah. packed. Uh because it was supposed to be like back up in the forties and almost the fifties the next day. Mm-hmm. So it was really pretty that night and it was really pretty the next morning and then the next afternoon it was gone it's just gone it just disappeared yeah um it was actually the best way to snow i guess um it didn't ice over it didn't destroy us yeah it was just nice and like i went for a walk in it and it wasn't that bad because like yeah snow but like it was also like 40 degrees and already melting so that was kind of nice yeah but just the speed at which it covered the world just freaked me out because it yeah. snowed once before while I was door dashing and nothing stuck mm-hmm. anywhere. It was just pretty coming down, and then as soon as it would touch something, it would disappear. But this yeah. was uh, oh, was and um, stuck and held. Speaking of um, door dash type things, um, at the convention that I was at a few weeks ago. It was very clear that the DoorDash and the Grubhub and all of that were just banking. Because oh, I can imagine. The, the convention didn't have walking distance food. And once oh. you've parked at a convention, you don't want to move. You want to keep your space. So, like, there were people rolling in with, like, giant trolleys of food, all from the same restaurant, calling out names with bags. Like, it was, like, lunch on a field trip in elementary school. And they're just raking it up, like... I'm pretty sure I saw more boxes of Little Caesars there than I did at a Kmart in the 90s. Um, it was special. Wow. But, yeah. Um, so, I guess if you're looking to make money later in the year, buddy, like I'll tell you when the cons are. Just roll into Raleigh and bank. Because that's an amazing captive audience. Yeah. I, I've delivered now to two different uh, people who work at a guard station mm-hmm. at a, a, a local uh, business here because they can't leave. And DoorDash is a thing now, so they can just have whatever the hell food they want instead of only like pizza or Chinese food or begging someone, could you pick me up something as they leave? Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's really cool. I delivered something yesterday to someone who was obviously very sick and was trying real hard to not breathe or look in my direction, but -hmm. she was also hungry and didn't want to leave the house. And I'm like, you know, it's not just for lazy people. (laughs) That's awesome. I I appreciate it building an infrastructure that's making it easier for the elderly, too. Um, Like, you get way more food options than you had before. Like, it's kind of surprising we lasted as long as we did on the pizza and Chinese food are the only things that deliver model. Um, we're just have the right combination of things now. Yeah. So, yeah, like, I feel like it should definitely 
be an option for a job that comes with benefits and whatnot. But I will acknowledge that like it's better than a lot of the rest of the gig economy. Yeah. For like the people that it's serving. So. Also, by the way, if uh, if you do order DoorDash, for God's sake, don't order from Wendy's. Because <laughs> Wendy's is Wendy's is only partnered with DoorDash in that they let you pick Wendy's from the list. I have to go in as the dasher, oh. make your order, pay for it using you know the DoorDash card, but still, and then stand there and wait for you to for them to make it, and then make sure. And I have to order it properly. No, don't wait until Wendy's gets in on the the gag, the, the 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 gag. Yeah, and and then you order Wendy's. Like Wendy's is one of the only fast food places that I still go to since I started doing keto. And it's because, like, if you get a Baconator without a bun and all that stuff on it, so it's just, like, bacon, cheese, and meat, it's 100% keto and convenient. But it takes long. Like, I don't think I've been in a Wendy's that had three people working since I started the year. The drive-thru is slow. The inside is slow. I've been to multiple Wendy's and had the same problem every time. I have noticed this recently independently of you, yeah. Like, it's... Maybe it's this area. I have no idea. It's just, it doesn't matter when I go. That's just what it do. And I can completely understand being annoyed if you're doing a run and you have to go in, place the order, eventually get the food, drop off the food. You didn't even get the food. So it sounds awful. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, sorry for the random DoorDash tangent, but you know <laughs> that's what i was doing right before we started the show actually <laughs> uh yeah i guess that's it for that uh, yep. as far as media that i've been consuming lately i've been on a lot of rewatching. i'm running through the marvel cinematic universe that i started right before i got sick mm-hmm. and i made it all the way up to uh age of ultron is the next thing to watch and i haven't watched any since then because age of ultron is like two and a half hours long yeah. And every time I sit down, I'm like, right, I'm going to watch Age of Ultron. And I pull it up on Disney Plus and I look at the time and I go, I don't have time to watch this. <laughs> no. There's a lot in the middle of that movie that I forgot. And so, yeah, uh, I'm working on watching through all of the Pixar films because I realized I watched every Pixar film up to Ratatouille was the first one I missed. Mm-hmm. And I, that wasn't on purpose. I just missed it. And then I watched the next two after that. And then I haven't watched any since, except for Incredibles 2. I think I kept up with them pretty regularly until they made more Cars movies. And that was like, oh, I'll, I'll pass. And then I got out of the habit. Because um, like, I still need to see some of them. That no. I've been meaning to see, but it's not like there's a lot. You just there's like one a year. Somebody just bought the humble digital tabletop bundle using my link because it just popped on screen. Nice. Hey, thanks. By the way, did you know that if you go down in the description, or in if you're listening on YouTube, or if you're, if you're watching on YouTube, or in the show notes if you're watching listening to the audio version, or down in the panels. Uh. There's a link to HumbleBundle.com. That's our partner link. And if you buy anything from that link, then it directly benefits me. Yay. Oh. Commerce. 
That was Roger Ivany. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Yay. But, uh, that's just another way you can help support uh, Manipool Productions. If you buy video games and stuff anyway, why not? Yeah. You can also get Switch games on Humble, which is neat. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, what else? Um, so you've made your way through Pixar? Right, yeah. I watched Toy Story 2. I'm, I've just started that. Like, I'm doing that one very slowly. So I just watched Toy Story 2 last night. Okay. So I've watched Toy Story, Bugs Life, Toy Story 2. And I realized that Woody sucks. <laughs> that is a recurring theme. Yeah. Hey, Pinball Witch through 300 bits. I like to help TMP by throwing bits and interrupting the podcast. Yes, she does. And I appreciate it. <laughs> I think Woody suffers a little bit by having character regression every time they want to retread the same plot. Yeah. It's weird. He's like the paragon of... What did I say in the Discord server? He's the paragon of Toymanity when there's nothing, like, pressing. But as soon as mm -hmm. he's tested, he goes all to hell. Yeah. And is a, a selfish, insecure crotch. <laughs> I wish they let you write the quotes for the boxes. Right? <laughs> but anyway, anyway... Uh, I'm also... Watching through the Tremors movies on, on not Netflix. The, same. the what? Those are not the same. The same as what? <laughs> Pixar. No. But uh, I watched, and I've also, uh, I'm doing a Twitter thing as I, as I watch through them. So I've done one for Tremors 1, 2, 3. And those are the only ones I've ever seen before. So at some point I'm finally going to feel like, watching something and like tweeting about it at the same time again. And I'll watch through four five and six. Cause yes, they're freaking six now. <laughs> uh, so yeah, if you, I think I used hashtag trimmers, uh, throughout that tweet storm. So if you use that, you could find the first one or find a thread, uh, a tweet from it and scroll, scroll back up. Cause it's one long thread. Just, just random trimmers nonsense. Spoilers, I actually love the first movie, and I really like 2 and 3. They don't feel like the soulless cash-ins yet. I'm guessing 4 is where that starts, but I don't know, I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> so that is, that's what I've been watching lately. Are those three rewatches? Yeah. Nice. It's good stuff. I love that there's so much quality stuff that you can just watch. Just whenever. Yeah. I got my parents a fire stick for Christmas, and they still haven't used it. I got my parents one of those like three years ago, and I showed them how to use it, and they never used it. And eventually they lent it to my brother. <clears throat> nice. And I'm like, should I maybe change the passwords and stuff on that? <laughs> Mostly to troll my brother. Because um, like, it's did. still set up with my Amazon and everything. But he, he obviously doesn't use or buy anything with it, or I'd notice. Uh, I did a thing to help them out. Because, you know, like Netflix by itself is just massive and overwhelming. So uh, I, I opened up their account. Because, you know, I just made them an account on mine. Or a profile on my account. And I went through and just added stuff to the list that I thought they would like. Just from different genres and TV shows and movies and just all of that. And then when I went to visit, because mom made spaghetti, when I went to visit, 
I opened it up and showed it to them. I'm like, look, here's a starting point. And from here, you can like use the more like this button. If you like that, you can find other stuff that's similar to it and whatnot. And they were like, oh, that's really cool. That helps. And then later, the old man's like, hey, what are we going to watch tonight? And mom goes, I don't know. Nothing's on. And I went, everything is on. I was like, you know, you can finally use the fire stick. <laughs> and mom goes, oh, yeah, that's a nice idea. And then I called later and asked, you guys watch anything on Netflix last night? And they went, nah. Yeah, I ended up um, getting my mom a smart TV for Christmas and setting it up with the smart speaker and teaching her how to make it turn on the other features. Oh. And it turns out that works. Like, if she talks to the robot and the robot does it, she'll do it. She's just not going to learn how to push the input button. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's the line. It's the input button. You have to cross over into a new world with the input button. But if you tell the robot to open Netflix and it does, it's like, okay, we're good. Now we'll pick up the remote and dial through and pick stuff. So I don't know. I, See, I think it has to be sufficiently advanced technology to be worth the effort. My parents are the other way around. They're cool with the input button and going down to the other HDMI channel. But for some reason, then getting into any of the things after that, they're like, ah. Uh, I, I have admittedly also learned that Netflix is the only thing that has a decent interface. Accurate. The Hulu interface is terrible. It's terrible. It's awful. The Amazon Prime interface is messy because half the stuff in there is them trying to sell you rentals and not what you actually want to watch. Yep. And I'm pretty sure Disney Plus was actually designed by Woody when he was being, as previously described, awful. Like, it's terrible. Like, minimal effort was put into Disney Plus, which is amazing given it's Disney. So, oh, hey. Windorn just followed. Windorn? It's one of those. Thank you very much. Welcome to the pool. And chat is going, did the show end? Are we in the post show? No, we're still doing the podcast. So we should probably you messed stop it with them because you did the shout outs in the middle. Yeah. And now we're doing the tangent at the end, but it feels like the show should have been over for a while. So consider this a preview of what we rant about the rest of the time, but with less swearing. Holy crap. Windorn just dropped an Imgur link in the, uh, you know what? I'm going to, going to show this an Imgur link in the, uh, show notes. What happened to Chrome? Oh my God. Oh, wow. That was a while ago. Yeah. And so check this out. I won this from you guys like 10 years ago and it's a, it's a play mat that all the dorks signed. That was a long time ago. Yeah. That's awesome. Hey, look, we're still around after all these years. For the love of God. <laughs> oh, he still uses it to this day. Nice. <laughs> Value. All right. Well, on that happy note, now we're going to, we're going to, uh, we're going to kill the episode. So, Hey, this has been Monday night magic number 683 with a healthy dose of like a hint of what the odds and ends are like. <laughs> a bit of odds coming in at the end. <laughs> uh, so thank you all so very much for joining us. And uh, go play some magic.